Right, welcome Steve to the UK Flooring Podcast. Before we get into flooring and all things like that, who's Steve Hall? Steve Hall's um, a guy that's been in the flooring industry now for 40 years. Um, Started at the age of 17, um, started with a flooring contractor, and um, the first part of my journey was to actually get to know with regards to um, how to fit floors, um, with my main role leading on to become the contracts manager. But to know the actual trade, I had to learn how to fit. Right. So I was with a flooring contractor for 14 years. Um, went out for the first three or four years fitting floors, helping the fitters, um, and then came into the office to to learn how to contracts manage, estimate, all that sort of thing. And, um, and then... There was a bit of a change in, in the business I worked for. Um, it was a company called Chris Wright Contracts, who were a national uh, flooring contractor. And um, at that point, there was a change in the business. We were acquired by, by another company. And I thought it was, it was the right time to move on. So I went into my first sales role um, with a company called Hugh Mackay Carpets. Well, People yeah. might know that as, as Durham Carpets, yeah. um, a very famous uh, carpet weaver uh, went out on the on the on the road for them for a couple of years and then I was approached by uh, one of our suppliers Tarquette yeah uh, with con- well, gods to go and work for them um, as a um, as an area sales manager um, they never had any real presence in the UK so they, they they employed a lot of salespeople throughout the UK and um, we we developed that brand, um, then progressed my career with it, with them into um, a regional sales manager's role where I looked after Birmingham up over through Scotland, Ireland, and the Republic. Yeah. So as you can imagine, I uh, spent a lot of time away from home. Absolutely, yeah. Did that for 17 years. Um, we had a change in the management structure at Tarquette, and it wasn't a good fit for me. Right. So I just decided to call it a day. Um, never had a job to go to, but within a month, um, one of my colleagues, Michelle Angus from Manchester, gave me a buzz and said, look, we're looking for a, a branch manager in Gateshead. Would I be interested? Now, the the distribution role was the only role within the flooring industry that I'd never done, and it always appealed to me because I uh, I spent a lot of time with distribution. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, became branch manager, and then latterly became a regional sales manager. Okay. For, um, branch manager, should I say, for um, for corp- corporate and flooring, what was yep. now trade choice. Well, trade choice. So with that in mind, for the uninitiated, who's, who's trade choice if they've never even heard? I mean, now they're the sponsor for the podcast, so if they don't know who, who you guys are, who are you and what, what do you do? Yeah, so trade choice, national flooring distributor, um, 13 branches throughout the UK, um, as we speak, but that's evolving. Yeah. And I think the move over the next three years is to get up, up and over 30 branches throughout the UK, wow. whether they be major branches or whether they be trade counter um, setups. Okay. So there's more access for our customers to get product on a national basis. And just if we rewind a little bit, when you were out on the tools, what was it commercial or was it residential just... Just, I, I was it was it was all commercial. All it, was, it was a lot of um, 
pub, club, hotels. Uh, we did a lot of work in Saudi. We did a lot of work on shipping, did the QE2, things like that. Yeah. Um, we were closely associated with um, with Hugh Mackay. Right, okay. um, and we used to work in tandem with them to do these major projects throughout the world. We did the Senate Library in, in Washington, wow. uh, which is was the most complex installation that there was at that point. Why was that? Um, they, a part of that... Um, Part of that job, there's a, a balcony around the Senate Library, and you had to look down and read. A, a book was woven into the carpet, and you had to be <laughs> able to deal. to um, read the book wherever you were standing. Right. So it it evolved around the um, around the balcony. Is that still there now? Do you know? I think, I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. It probably yeah. changed it, but I think the whole concept will still be there because yeah. that was maybe. 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're sat, we're sat in the branch of Trade Choice in, in Newcastle. So you, have you always been born and bred round round here? Uh, have you moved around? I know you've obviously travelled around. You've been yeah. in plenty of travel lodges, I would imagine. But uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, no, um, yeah, I come from Gated originally. Um, literally half a mile from uh, where the branch is. Um, I've since moved to Durham because my wife was a, a Durham girl. Right. And I uh, said I would never move to Durham. But you know what happens with a woman; she always gets a. <laughs> um, so yeah, we uh, we ended up moving to Durham, which it's it's about thirteen miles from the branch. Yeah, you know, twenty minutes drive in the morning. Um, so it's a good fit for me. It's yeah. a really good fit in view of that what you said before about traveling the UK in, and you know, living out of a suitcase three or four nights a week. It's a really good fit for me. Yeah, love it. So in the day of the life. Obviously, while you're here at, at work, what what does a branch manager do? You know, like like what are you? Are you on the counter? Are you in the warehouse? What like how does it work? A branch so. a branch of this size, and obviously we've got varying branch sizes throughout the UK. This is probably classed as a mid-sized branch in Gateshead. So, a role of a branch manager is very much different on a medium to smaller branch than what it is on a larger branch. Um, so I literally get involved in anything. I'll serve on the trade counter. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll make sure everything's coming in all right on the on the wagons. Um, and because it's such a tight knit branch in, in Gateshead, um, I see all of my stuff every day. You know, it's one of the main things I do in the morning. Is go around everybody, make sure everybody's okay. When the drivers come back, I'll have five minutes with the drivers just making sure that everything's gone all right for them today, any improvements that we need to make. My main role gets involved in pricing, visiting customers, both when they come into the trade counter and obviously the area that we cover, which is basically up to the borders of Scotland, top end of Cumbria and down as far as Whitby. I did notice that on the board when we walked in. I was looking at like <clears> uh, Keswick and... Yeah, up up to right at the top of Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, obviously that, Scottish borders, but uh, that that whole thing is evolving as we as we go through the next few years. Whereas we used to go further south, we've now got a Leeds branch. Yeah, so Leeds is able to take up the, the south part of our of our, our business um, and cut down on the amount of diesel that we use, so it becomes more sustainable as a business and. So do you have um, like business development or like reps out on the road? So say if I was like on the Scottish border, 
obviously they're not going to travel down to Gateshead to pick up a bag of screed. But what are the clients that are ringing here? Or how does that work? Like, how, how can they find the products, the prices? You know, and if say it was just someone new to the business, how how does that work? Yeah, we've got we've got three area sales managers on the road, um, not necessarily split into geographical areas, uh, because of all these ASMs have all got their strengths and weaknesses. Whether we've got an ASM who specialises in the domestic side of the business, so carpet, cushion floors, laminates, that sort of thing, and he's very knowledgeable on that side. He joined us a couple of years ago. Um. And then we've got a couple of guys. We've got one guy who's strong on both, and then we've got a real dedicated um, commercial ASM. So we've got a real good font of knowledge among these guys. So we tend to look at it both geographical and also um, knowledge, depending on the size of the customer. So with regards to how our customers access our products, we um we have a um we've just launched a new website tradechoice.com where our customers can order online or and our, our our ESMs also go out on the road to visit them see you know and talk through what what their requirements are i think see, i was going to ask that about you know is it are they visiting retail shops are they visiting contractors out on you know doing <clears throat> the hospital toilets and uh, and the thing, the more I'm discovering, uh, you know, it's a very very different trade to supplying a residential carpet, which has my background's residential. But then, it's I wouldn't say it's a different world because we are all laying stuff on flooring. But I think you do need the right knowledge and the right people in front of you, selling your help and you specify. No, I get that. So where's um, obviously there's been a rebrand as far as I can see because it used to be known as carpet and flooring. Um, and so do you want to explain a little bit about where trade choice came from and um and how it so, uh, and and the growth plans I'd like to know a little bit more about that you know it's- yeah so um the business used to be caught where it was a real independent 20 25 years ago it was called carpet and flora um then we were acquired by SIG a major um um supplier of building materials the move then was to go for SIG flooring because what they wanted was a one-stop shop. So somebody bought a ceiling tiles or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, we were then acquired by a business called Nestware. Um, now, Nestware, um, with their business, they've got online companies and, and that sort of thing. But what we were finding was having a name like Carbon and Flooring we were getting a lot of dual public coming in the door. And yep. We don't we don't deal with the general public, and particularly on Saturdays when we open up on Saturdays. <laughs> yeah. They're driving around on the Team Valley and they're thinking it's carpet, right? It's too uh, tappy and all this sort of thing. Yeah. We'll pop in and see what carpets they've got. Yeah. So they're coming in the trade counter, and then, you know, where's your showroom? Well, we don't have a showroom for domestic carpets. You know, your dual public. Yeah. So I think that was the drive to more get away from from the carpet and flooring name to put us as a trade business. And that's I think that's where the main thinking was behind the name, trade choice, carpet and flooring. Yeah. So we're, we're promoting that we deal with the trade. Yeah, makes, makes perfect sense. So with that in mind, there's there's multiple amounts of 
big wholesalers and distributors and but as as a company Cochrane Co, we we prefer to work with companies that are on a big you know drive for um, expansion or change or up to date. We don't kind of want to work with uh, let's say historic. What's the word? I um archaic ways of doing things let's say so you guys have got tiktok accounts and you know all these type of things but to the the contractor on the ground what makes you any difference to the other big boys so as i mentioned before we've got 13 branches throughout the core as we speak the drive is to get a branch in the location of a big conurbation area the way we're different is we are one business so we've got 13 branches as we stand. If one of our customers in Gateshead are doing some work in Bristol, we place the order on, on their behalf and they can have those goods delivered by Bristol the following day. Whereas a lot of the nationals tend to run as independent branches. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's areas where a particular branch in Yorkshire won't deliver down to Bristol and they'll not order on the Bristol account. Whereas we, we're one business. So the customer is a business account. It's not just Gateshead's account. It's a, it's a, it's a trade choice account. Right. Yeah. So we, in, in theory, what we do, we share each other's stock. Yeah. Okay. And the beauty of it is somebody places an order of, four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon. In theory, they could have it on site at seven o'clock next morning in Bristol. So hypothetically, how would it work if I was out on a job and I needed four pallets of screed, but the job was in Newcastle, but you had no stock here? Um, would that come from Central or would that come or can you steal it from Leeds or the way you know? the way Gateshead actually works is we've got uh picking branches because of the size of Gated, we can't literally stock everything. Right. You know, the bigger branches have got a much larger portfolio. And it tends to be, look, re- when you're dealing with these manufacturers, depending on the strength of the manufacturer's ASM, they might do more jerk flow in the south compared to what we do in the north, or they might do more torquette or, or whatever. So they tend to be the main stocking branches. So what if we don't have the stock, our main picking branch is Birmingham. So we send a trunker down to Redditch every night from Gateshead, um, Redditch in the Midlands. Um, and any goods that we don't have, those goods can come up overnight. So the customer, again, can order at 4 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. and have those goods delivered half past 6 tomorrow morning if they need, need be. Yeah. So Birmingham gives us a m- much more wider scope of uh, of product yeah um particularly on higher volumes as well so if somebody wants 20 rolls of a particular product two meter wide product we might only have 10 we can get another 10 from birmingham the next day so it's a very it's a very slick operation um you know just the ability to say to our customers we're gonna have that we don't have it here we've got it in birmingham you'll have it the next morning you can either click Click, uh, click the collect the product or um, we can have it delivered for you. So would that come in like the early hours from <laughs> Birmingham and then your guys come in because there's a load of trucks outside or the, there's a few, I'm sure some are out on deliveries, but do they then go in early 
and then out it goes to the customer. So it's literally next yeah, day it's, delivery from... It's a, like I said, it's a very slick operation. Our trunk leaves here about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, we've got a wagon and drag unit, so it can move an awful lot of product. That travels down to Redditch. Um, so say we wanted a Redditch-based product, which is where we stock all of the Broadland carpets, carpet tiles, our CFS range, um, laminates, all that sort of thing, which we we keep in a central core. Then we have the the trunkers coming in from the likes of Birmingham, Manchester. So we might have picked some product from Manchester. So that comes in, it's offloaded. Our trunker leaves down in Redditch at 9 o'clock in the evening, gets up here for 2 o'clock in the morning. We have guys coming in at uh, 3.30 in the morning, strip the trunk there, yeah. load five vehicles, and have them all out on the road for 6 o'clock. So it's a very slick operation. Um, and the good thing about it, which just shows how customer-focused we are, we have an OTIF result. So OTIF is on time in full. Right. So for every 100 deliveries that we send, 99, over 99% of those go out on time. So... Every 100 deliveries, you've got 99 go out on time. And it's normally a failure. could be a customer who isn't on site to receive the goods. It could be something that is missed off the vehicle in error, because errors do happen. But then we can sort it out from there. Obviously, you've been in the industry 40 years. Which, um, so what what do you think the biggest issue with the flooring industry has been? And then what what are you facing right now in 2024? So it's a bit of a double-barreled question, unless it's the same thing still. The issue post-COVID, and we're just really coming out of that now, was the supply chain. So the supply chain was um, was poor. Um, a lot of, um, as we were coming out of COVID, a lot of the manufacturers had issues with, with regard to ingredients for their products and, and that sort of thing. So we had a lot of issues with supply chain getting stock into our business. It's still not 100% yet. Yeah. And I think as well, a lot of companies have cut back on the amount of stock Definitely. that they're that they're producing, um, unless it's a product that they know will produce it and go straight out the door. Um, They've been very selective. They've got to be very tight now on on looking at their expenditure and stocking. Yeah. We do that as a business as well. You know, we we analyse to make sure we've got the right product in the right place. It's definitely improving. Of that, there's no doubt. Um, I think one of the uh, one of the other issues is is um, the amount of trades now sort of looking at other areas to get their business from so previously you uh, a carpet shop well done done nothing but carpets but because the the retail industry is is on its knees at the moment yeah they're looking at diversifying so it's getting the right product to them what they're now going to use so it's 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 still in its improvement stage if you like yeah, and if you had to, if you had a magic ball, do you think do you think the retail will pick back up? Um, yeah, we we um, carbon and flooring that was um, historically had a um, a decent 
um, carpet range, cushion floor range. So we're coming from a very low ebb. Um, when you look at some of the um, main national distributors, a lot of their business is probably 60% domestic and 40% contract. Yeah. We're more 65% contract, 35% domestic. Okay. So we're coming from a very low ebb. So what we're doing at the moment is we're making a major investment in the residential. And even if we grow our business by 10%, it's a massive growth for us. Yeah. So we're starting to chip away. We're launching uh, new domestic stands into the marketplace where we can own brand. Um, a lot of the ranges that go into a domestic shop. Yeah. So they can put whatever name they want on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it sort of secures their price point and that's been really well received as well we're launching new ranges on a weekly basis um so we're starting to chip away our domestic business grew about 60 percent last year i believe well certainly what i would do if i opened a carpet shop would be own brand yeah. and some of the bigger brands may not thank me for that but that uh, everyone's, yeah, yeah. everyone's sure their own opinion but yeah, that, yeah. that's what i would be doing yeah, it would yeah. be you know and looking for and then also i think i found retailers um, and possibly contract as well and not stocking as much as they used to. You know, they would try and buy roll stock, they'd buy this, buy that, and now it's sort of hand-to-mouth. You yeah. know, you sell it, yeah. you get it in, keep the money in the bank for the minute and just ride it's, out this wave of sort of uh, uncertainty. Very, it's very rare we'll get an order for somebody to put a full roll of broadroom into a, into a shop just for it to sit there. Yeah. You know, the only time they'll take full rolls off us is if we're selling a range off and they're buying it really cheap. Yeah. So they made a bit of money off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we very rarely, it all tends to be a lot of cut length business. Yeah. Whether that be cushion floor, whether it be carpet. And some of the stuff when we had a tour around last time, I was here, you do quite a lot of cut, you do some cutting here as well, which I yeah. found quite interesting. You know, so it's actually not done elsewhere, it's it's done here. Yeah, we, we, um, we don't cut any carpets here. Because it tends to be four or five meter wide. Yeah. So we don't have the capacity. All that's done down in Relich and then shipped overnight. Um, we cut all of our two meter vinyl here. Yeah. So there's cut machines. So somebody can come in seven o'clock in the morning and be away by 10 past seven. And we've cut a bit of vinyl from them and took it away. Our turnaround on Clex, unless there's 50 people in the trade counter. But if we get two or three people in the trade counter at once, they're not waiting any longer than 15, 20 minutes. No. So it's a re again, it's a real good slick operation. Yeah, that's what you want. It's in on time, in stock. I, I love that. Um, so what what do you think the future? Um, obviously you, you you're opening branches, um, a lot of branches. Is there anything else you think that will change in the flooring industry, or or is there anything else that's what what's next um, for trade choice as well, apart from the growth? Is there anything else? Um, what can be? I think the main the main growth area, as far as we're concerned, is we have a, a brand called CFS, right? Which tends to be our own brand carpet tiles, our own brands, um, cushion floors, vinyls, laminates, LVTs. That will continue the growth. It's becoming a major part of our business. And there's new products being introduced all the time. And the main the main thing that we're going to see is a much uh, bigger growth on our domestic side of the business as well. 
So is that is that in white boxes or has it got your branding? Not obviously not the trade choice one, but there's a CFS on the CFS the is all on branding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, so you can label it up whatever whatever you wish. Yeah, I love that. Um, we're going to go on to some sort of slightly more let's say personal questions again. Uh, I think you you've probably seen a lot in the industry. So what what's the best bit of advice you think you've ever received uh, on a business level? I suppose the, the the biggest advice that I received and I've used it since I've become a, a branch manager because I'm seeing my staff on a daily basis, whereas before um, I operated out of a car, yeah. <laughs> phone and laptop is the the biggest advice that I was that I was given when long before I moved to uh, Trade Choice was um, treat people the way you would expect would be treated yourself. We have a great team in Gateshead. We're friends, you know, outside of the business. We have great camaraderie in here. We're one big team. We've got 19 people operate out of this business in Gateshead. And we're a team. We cover each other's backs. That's what I've instilled in the business in here. And that was the advice that I got from an old MD of mine who was came from Durham. And he was based down in uh, Droitwich and used to travel down there and used to spend the first hour going round all his staff. Morning, you know, have a bit chat with them, everything okay, yeah, yeah. So it's instilling that that teamwork into your business because if you've got happier, happier staff, you've got a happy environment to work for, let's face it, you spend more time at work than what you do at home. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> So it's got to be a nice place to come. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love that. And that's that's what that's what we try and install in all of our branches. Uh, and with that, with that in mind, what do you think the worst bit of advice if you had to advise, and like, even let's say a new branch manager, what would be the worst bit of advice you could ever give? <laughs> um, worst probably bit of advice is um, is don't um, put yourself in an ivory tower. Um, there's a lot of a lot of people once they get it regional director role yeah you know they they don't integrate with their staff is get all your staff on site don't elevate yourself into into a role at the end of the day you're part of a, a team and uh, that's what we instill in in trade choice yeah i love that i love that what would you say if you again went back to your contracting days or to your clients that you serve here um what what's the best way to find new clients um Let's say apart from your network, is there anything, anything advice you could give someone to find new clients? You know, it's how do you? I mean, we, I, I personally find a lot of new clients on um, looking at your podcasts and things like that. <laughs> um, I use a lot of Facebook. I use a lot of uh, Twitter, all that sort of thing. There's companies we've come across in the past year in Gator that we never even knew existed. Right? You know, they're they're not. A mainline, well, they are a mainline customer, but they're under the radar. Um, so I, I personally use a lot of Facebook, a lot of Twitter, find out the account. We get a lot of business um, by word of mouth. Yeah, you know, a lot of our customers might uh, might move from one business to another. Yeah, so they like the service that they got from us, and then they'll come back when they join another business. So 
our new customer base elevates itself on a regular basis. And it's all about um, give continuing to give them the service that they once received when they moved to a new business. So we get, we get a lot of um, customers coming back to us. Um, they thought the grass was greener and then the, yeah. <laughs> and then the come yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Uh, last time I was here, um, we had to, I want to, we to cut it short. That's unfair. Um, we had a limited time to have a bit crack because you were off to do some training on mental health. Yeah. Um, talk to me about that. What, what, what are you doing in, obviously, is that part <laughs> of work or is that something, you know, just tell me about the mental health thing. Um, cause obviously when we had a brief discussion, it was quite clearly important. So I thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, I mean, as a as a business, I mentioned before that we've uh, that we've invested in sixteen people throughout the UK, so all of the branches are really covered. One person might cover a couple of branches if they're local to each other, uh, but we've invested in um, in some training, which I am one of them, and I'm actually heading helping head the whole thing up to have them trained as mental health first aiders. So we went through all the training with regards to. Uh, looking for signals that are coming if things aren't right you know ask them if they want to have a chat that sort of thing i've suffered for for many years feel great the best i ever had for a couple of years now with my own mental health and i'm i'm not ashamed of it so i decided a couple of years ago when the time was right that i would um train to be a mental health counselor and I think what stimulated that was when we, when I went through the train to be a mental health first aider. So um, I started last September, and now I'm on to my diploma stage. It's going to take me two or three years to, to, to complete. So my view is is what I want to do is is become a fully trained counsellor or therapist and give it back to charity. I don't want to earn anything financially from it. I've had a lot of counselling over the years, and it's certainly an area that needs more people. So the company has um, put people through the training, and it's evolving all the time. Our, our business now is a um, its main charity is Mind, um, which we uh, we've we're doing this for three years, starting last year. Uh, we're uh, raising money on the trade counters. You know, we're having cake days and and all that sort of thing. Um, we're having um, things where at the minute we've we've launched a promotion where um, if somebody comes into the trade counter, spends £175, they'll get a £5 uh, Greg's gift voucher. So what they can do with that is either take the voucher or say, say to us, put that £5 into mind. Yeah. Um, and we, the company puts that £5 into mind on their behalf. That's a super hard decision, mind. Yeah. Greg, it, so oh, I know, giving I it know, a chance. I, mean, I, I, I had to try and convince my staff that uh, they weren't going to get any gift vouchers out of this just because people weren't uh, weren't going to take them. Um, but no, it's... Um, but the response, we, we, uh, we started it yesterday, and it's running till the end of the month. Uh, we started that yesterday, and the response has been absolutely fantastic um, because people all know somebody or being associated with somebody that's had mental health problems. Yeah, I think it's. It, I think that's. I mean, I'm. I wouldn't say I've help advice. I'm certainly not done any qualification, but from what I understand, is it's all about communication. 
It's all about recognising, um, only not the symptoms, just recognising when there could be an issue and then understanding what to do is my take on it. I mean, even like last night, like yesterday, I had a, it's a, a relatively stressful afternoon and I felt myself thinking, and when I got home, I've got, I, I said it to my wife and it's a bit weird thing to say on a podcast, but I'll say it anyway. And I'm thinking, the only things I feel like doing is eating a pizza and going and sitting in a corner, drinking some beer and I don't drink, or I've got an option and I'll go for a run. So I went for a 5k That's run. That's a bit severe, that one, you've uh, got to go for a run, yeah. <laughs> and, but the thing was, the same result, I mean, I don't drink very often at all, but what I mean is that if you have like four or five cans of beer, yes, your stress levels might come down temporarily, but the thing when you understand, if, even if it's a power walk, walk the dog or whatever, you can actually get rid of the stress exactly in the same way as the as the, the beer, which probably isn't doing any good. And it's, it's things like that that I've learned, which about maybe self-taught, that I've got three options here. And not recognising those options, people just like have habits built up and things like that. Well, they just go in the fridge and get that can of Fosters out. And there isn't anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having a wine or whatever. But it's when you're using it to suppress a problem, I think there might be, a, you know, it's, it's got to be recognised. But um, or the other thing that, uh, like we've done with um, CP assessments and stuff, that I think with Andy's Man Club, it's all about talking. That's it. It's just about the whole the, thing. Yeah, chatting um, and just and that can that can change the game completely. Yeah, I mean, I uh, um, before Christmas I recorded a um, a video to go out to all staff within the. Uh, Trade Choice Group, of which the you know there's three fifty three sixty of us now throughout the business, um, to to go in line with um, our mental health work throughout the business, um, telling my story, you know, because I feel as though what you know, at the start of when when I had my issues, I was ashamed about it, but now I um, I talk about it, and. I'm a good reader of people I know. I can because I've had it for like 25 years. Yeah, um, I know when something's not right. I can read it out of people, and that's when I say, "Come and have a chat for five minutes." Yeah, and some people will share it, some people will not. But it's it. I know I've helped so many people in here. Not so much counselling because I'm not a fully trained counsellor yet. Yeah, yeah, but pointing them in the right direction. We've got an AAP at work, so um, anybody's got any issues with regard to their own mental health, it might be work-related, it might be family-related, lots of things in their personal life, we can normally get a counsellor to them within two days. And a lot of it's done over um, teams and stuff like that because we've got invested in an AAP at work. We can access things a lot quicker than going through the doctor's surgeries and that sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a it's a major investment by the uh, by the business. Now I think at, when I've asked some people, even I had another the, on the podcast in a few weeks, um, what the biggest here comes from what some of our training courses was, and you'd think, oh, it's the money side, it's the marketing, it's all this. And what one of the well, it's been brought up four or five times is. Um, like monthly or quarter, so mainly monthly check-ins with team members, as you'll hear soon with Vine Brothers Flooring, their biggest take-on was, and their brothers, 
they they play football on a weekend together and they work side by side during the day and they have a monthly management meeting and obviously you know, we've written the course and things like that but from my personal experience with our team having a monthly check-in gives an opportunity just to say you know, I'm I'm put your hand up I'm I'm struggling yeah. um you know is it financial is it at home that's going to hinder you performance at work so you kind of need to know yeah you don't want to dive into someone's personal life if if not needed but at least they've got a a route to say can i have some help you know so by by utilizing this aap um it's totally confidential right so even our hr department will not find out the topic of conversation oh, that's really it's good. it's how much that individual wants to share yeah um might not want to share it and they might want to share everything and, and like you said before it's good to talk so the more that you that you share it's the old saying isn't a problem shared is problem halved yeah and that is actually factual yeah, the more you talk about it yeah um so the offer that we give our staff in the business is to get, get access to the counseling services quicker yeah. um but it's totally confidential. And if they want to share anything with me, all the better, because I can help point them in the right direction. Yeah. I love that. That's uh, good to have that support. And I think that drives growth and productivity full stop. You know, if you've got a load of people that are not motivated, it's, it's not going to be a great business no matter what it is. So It is, and that's yeah. that's the whole thing why we've, uh, we, why we've got this um, classification stroke award good place to work what how did you get that what it was a it was a um an employee survey that we did series of questions what do they what else can we give them as as um individuals the stuff like um you know they get access to a percentage of their pay if they wanted earlier um we'd run a uh, internal uh, reward scheme so Fokey had said I get a pot of money. And if um anybody's really excelled, I can send them a if it's called choice reward, I can send them a um twenty pounds worth of vouchers. Right. Um just to say a little thank you. It's only twenty pounds, yeah, but yeah. you know uh, even a lot of a lot of my staff just appreciate, you know, when you say well done, thanks for all your help. Yeah. But just get you and your family or a pizza or something tonight, you know? Yeah. Um and all the all the branch managers and all the uh, regional branch directors have access to that pot. It's just little things. We send messages like "Happy Birthday" through the uh, choice reward system and recognition of um, people progressing their career. Um, so everybody, as soon as you open up your your screen in the morning, it gives you all things that's been happening in the business, like. It's Steve Hall's birthday at the day. He's getting old and things like that, and you know, yeah, um, just that sort of thing. And it's it's really good. It's it we we try to take on board what our employees are telling us. Yeah, we can't do everything, obviously, but we've moved an awful long way to help them. Okay. Well, with with that in mind, when, as soon as I've walked in the trade counter, I've noticed um, sort of big red flyers, um, sort of. The, the like a reward scheme can you explain what that is that obviously that's not for you guys um what what's that all about I wish um uh. yeah um red carpet club um is a 
is a, a unique scheme in the industry with regard to distribution. So we have a series of manufacturers, and I think Gateshead's got about 85% of their customers signed up to this. doesn't cost the customer anything. So we've got a lot of the commercial um, suppliers assist us with that. So basically the way it works, for every £100 that the customer spends, they could get on a particular product 1.2 points or 3 points um, on this scheme. So when they get to 150, 200, 300 points, they can get like an iPod or iPad or anything really. If, if it's not shown in the brochure and they wanted something different, yeah. you can find out how much that will cost us and how many points that will use. So it's a unique scheme. And some of the people, you know, they might pay 10 or 20 pence more for the product, but they know at the back of it they're going to get... But it's a very tax-efficient way of uh, getting a new telly or... Uh... <laughs> we, see a ma- we see a massive increase on people claiming on Red Carver Club come Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> weeks before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. You know, if it's there, so why not utilise it? Yeah. You know, it tends to be a lot on the domestic ranges, get more points on the domestic ranges get more points on our CFS ranges and, you know, the likes of Ultra and, and people like that and Tarket or Major Contribution, Greatest, Quantum, all these guys tend to contribute in it because it's, it helps promote their product as well. It's a kind of no-brainer, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah. It's a scheme that's run for many, many years. Right. Um, and it's a case of when we go and open up an, an account, once the account's open, my guys will say, right, there's a reward scheme. Pin it up, it opens out into a poster. Pin it up on your wall yeah. so it's invisibility for you and just remember trade choice before anybody else when you're ordering their products. This is what you get. And is it automatic? So as in you're just in your own world ordering carpets, ordering vinyl, and then eventually you can just check in and check your points. Is that? Yeah, it's, it's all online. Um, so they have their own um, personal login details. So at any point they can go on, see how many points they've got, um, they have a, a website to connect to, and then they just go on order online, um, which what, obviously is connected to your system. Yeah, we've yeah. got we've got a company that uh, that uh, works with us on it. Um, you know, to to ensure that the the customer gets the product when they want it. Right, we're going to go into the quick fire round, uh, which is always a bit of fun. Um, what flooring have you got fitted at home, Steve? And why? <laughs> is that, or, or is that because the, the missus uh, has chosen it? Or what is yeah, it? yeah. Um, <laughs> what flooring? Right. Um, I don't have any uh, CFS products in my, in my house. My wife wanted Antigo. Um, so, um, yeah, we've just um, we've just got um, Antigo in the hallway. We've got just a normal 80-20 tufted carpet, which I got before I even joined Trade Choice. We haven't changed it yet. Um, throughout, and well, they're going to the kitchen. Uh, this was done about 15 years. I've got Polyflow Camaro in the kitchen. Ah, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I gave you a 1,000 quid now or at 10 o'clock, you've got to spend it by 5 o'clock tonight. What would you spend it on? Um... The, the the one thing, well, two things that I would do, um, 
and it's more family related than anything else. My son saved my eldest son saving up to go to Japan next year. Nice. He's a big uh, Star Wars fanatic, and there's a big uh, convention out there. There was one in London a couple of years ago. Some of his mates want to go to Japan for two weeks to go to this, so I'll give him five hundred quid. Yeah. And um, my eldest son's passed his driving test a year ago, which I bought him a car. But now he's decided he wants to upgrade on a Mercedes. Right. So the other five hundred quid will go there. And <laughs> keep, mis- keep myself right. Mercedes fun. Really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if there's anyone you could employ to work within the branch here at uh, Gateshead, who would it be and why? They can be dead or alive, but uh, <laughs> but they've got to be here. They've got to be here. Uh, That's a hell of a question. <laughs> they don't get easier. No. Um, Alan Sugar. Brilliant. I think he'd be well up behind the trade counter here. Yeah, yeah. He'd get some deals yeah, done. Alan Sugar probably isn't what Steve Hall is. He's a bit more forward with people when he's when he's interviewing them. Yeah. Um, but I think he's, I've always watched his shows and all that sort of thing. He's a, he's a fairly dynamic sort of guy. So, um, yeah, pro- off the top of my head, probably him. Great, great choice. Um, Steve, you could, if you could change your profession out of the flooring industry completely, what would you be? Mental health counsellor. Brilliant. Three people you'd like to have a pint with in a pub tonight, dead or alive, and why? Bobby Robson, Les Ferdinand. And Jackie Milburn. And why is that? Just, just Newcastle United. United. <laughs> I was going to say, just Newcastle United, Newcastle United. Newcastle United. Where do you see yourself and trade choice in five years' time? Five years' time, I would like to think we're the biggest flooring distributor in the UK, which is a big ask, Yeah. but that's our goal. That's where I would like to see trade choice, particularly five years' time. I'll be thinking about what I'm going to do in, in the future. I've got about 10 years left before I retire. Yeah. Um, and where do I see myself? Five years' time. Probably what I'm doing now. I love what I do now in this business. But I'm also loving what I'm doing with regard to going back to college after 40 years, which was a bit of an eye-opener um, with regard to the mental health. So, if, I don't know, five years' time, I might reduce my days by a day or... One of them get more a bit more involved in that side, um, but yeah, five years time. I think that's 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 the goal. Yeah. Um, with that in mind, with you loving your job so much, but what is the least favourite part of your current role? Trying to sort out issues which are beyond our control, and it mainly revolves around supply issues from for our customers from suppliers. So site deliveries and things like that, that tends to be a bit of a... So people letting you down, so then you yeah, have to let others down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. When we've got to ring and say a certain manufacturer hasn't even sent the goods out when, when you were expecting them on site Yeah. Um, this morning. Oh. I've actually never asked this, even though it's been on my list for a while, but I'm going to ask it now just I'm to throw you under pig, the bus. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> I'm the guinea pig. <laughs> What's the most embarrassing moment you've had so far, either at work or at home? Can you think of this, anything this, embarrassing? Yeah, this is going back 32 years, when I, the day before I was getting married, and um, the fitters in the flooring contract I worked for wrapped me up in a roll of hair felt, uh, naked, <laughs> put me on uh, Gates at High Street, 
under a um, <laughs> under a, um, a drain that was leaking water um, and left me there. How long for? Hour and a half. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I was literally naked in the, and people were just not willing to help me, just walking past and just laughing. That's probably the most <laughs> most embarrassing thing that's ever happened in my life. Brilliant. I'm so, so the guys that did it were going on to the worst jobs for the uh, the couple of weeks after. Yeah. I like that we've not forgot that. I like no, that. I'll never forget that one. Um, and what's one thing um, no one knows about you? I think everybody knows most of the thing, but a lot of my customers don't know what I'm doing with regard to mental health. Right. And I think hopefully by this podcast, um, they'll they'll realise that I'm not a bad guy and I'm doing this for the right reason. But anybody that wants to talk about it, I'll talk about it to them. I mean, you know, that's yeah, that's probably no. the... I'll open no. up and speak to anybody about it. Oh, brilliant. And the penultimate question, um, which is always the hardest question, um, Steve, what is holding you back currently? So hold me back from... There's nothing holding me back. I, like I said before, I love what I do in this business. It's a great business to work for. More so, it's the people I work with. You know, yes, they're my employees, they're reporting to me, but at the end of the day, they're all, all friends. There'll be a big, there'll be a big move when I eventually either retire or move on. I'll not be moving on from this business. I'll be here as long as they want me. Um, but um, there's nothing holding me back, but I really want to get involved. I know I've talked about it a lot in this mental health side. Um, that's the thing that's, my business and my love of the business is um, is holding me back from other things, likes of that. Done. Brilliant. And obviously, you're the branch manager here at um, Gateshead Board, and we've mentioned tradechoice.com is the website. First of all, if someone wants to chat about anything, um, including mental health and Newcastle United, how do they get in contact with you? But then also someone that might be listening down south is the website the best the best way um, to get in contact with Trade Choice. It is um, on the website. Obviously, we've got all the branches updated on there um, as they open. I think there's another four or five to open this year, two of which are fairly close now. Everything's on there. Everything's on the website. My name's on the website. I'm always accessible to. I spend a lot of time with customers on the trade counter. Um, they all know me. They've all got um, they've all got my uh, business number. They can contact me directly, email, whatever, Facebook, Twitter, whatever it is. But you know they've got full access to the tradechoice.com website, um, and um, I think the the interaction between uh, my staff and them as well, they know they're fully accessible. Yeah. My phone's on 24-7, so. Fantastic. Well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Great podcast. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you very much. I've enjoyed it.